to the grit and grind of autism and finding light along the journey. I felt really pulled to talk with everyone because this last month has been a bit of a doozy. A lot of things have been going on. Not all bad. Some really wonderful, amazing, positive, beautiful things have been happening. Um, but what I have realized is that I'm not in alignment with myself because of some of the challenges that have been going on. And there's only so much time you can, you know, feel bad or sad or, you know, want to sleep and feel depressed and anxious and all the things before you have to say, all right, basically snap out of it. Okay. You, you, you have to put one foot in front of the other and you have to get back into alignment and tap into the, the tools that you have and keep going forward. And so thankfully I've been able to do that. And each day has gotten a little bit lighter. And for like the last two days, I've been thinking about um, coming on and talking about it, but things gotten what life got in the way really um been a little bit disorganized coming off a of vacation and trying to get back into the swing of things i was late for something shocker i'm always late but try really hard to not be late i don't want to make people wait it's so not intentional it's just part of being in the space every day of trying to take care of a child with complex needs and I have another son going into college and I have a home and I have dogs and I have work and there's only so many hours in the day and when you're not feeling up to it it slows everything down disorganizes things further it's just this whole process that's kind of laying the groundwork and I'm just going to dive into it. I'm going to start off just by reading something that I posted recently. You know, for me, part of healing and part of working through um, feelings and challenges is through writing, through talking on my podcast. Um, obviously, a lot of reflecting and meditation and prayer goes into my process as well to get to the point of being able to write and to talk about it. This is what I wrote a few days ago. Um, it's, it's still pretty accurate. So I'm going to start with this. Holy freaking cannoli. The last month has been a mixed bag of all things emotions. The lows, that includes betrayal, defensiveness, anger, resentment, failure, and forlorn, just to name a few. The highs, they all include gratitude, happiness, peace, amusement, pride, enjoyment, and love. You could even hear the inflection in my voice changing with that. Um, then slipping into that black hole our families with complex needs tend to slide back into, accompanied by anxiety, defeat, depression, and overall PTSD. That's the landing. That's the platform. That's the can't go any further. The trauma has triggered the central nervous system and you're a hot mess. 
<laughs> so that's where I landed. Um, for continued healing, you can't ignore these feelings. You have to take a seat and join them or get in the freaking hole with the feels and take care of yourself. Even if it means just sleeping, eating, hydrating, and showering. These are big accomplishments some days. And that is no joke. Anyone who has trauma in their life and is triggered, they understand this. If you don't understand this, just be so grateful that you don't understand. Be so grateful that you don't have days that require this internal dialogue of put one foot in front of the other. You can do this. You can do what needs to get done and put food in your system and hydrate and shower. And oh my gosh, it's, it's just three more hours until I can go back to bed. But sometimes it's survival. It's real. So I'm talking about it. Anyway, back to the post. Eventually the clouds do move again and perspective comes and you can climb out of the dark hole and proceed with life. Feelings come and go like clouds in a windy sky. Conscious breathing is my anchor. And that is Thich Nhat Hanh. And he was such a brilliant, beautiful soul, but he's such a prevalent teacher and spiritual leader who I follow quite closely. And it's true, breathing, breath work is my anchor. So even in these dark times and the hard times and the overwhelming times, um, just practice breath work. If that's the only tool I use that day, then that's success. And it's like a stepping stone to the next tool, which would be actually meditating. Although breath work on any level really is meditation. Um, I don't want to knock that down or not give it credit. It's really powerful. Um, you just have to remember to do these things, do the breath work, do the meditation, do the whatever it is in your toolbox to, to keep getting through those feelings. You know, um, we have this car wash that just opened a couple miles away and I think it's called the tornado and it's pretty cool. I thought it was cool. Um, my sons thought it was cool. Colin really thought it was cool because it's like a century kid's dream, but you like drive through it and it's all of these like foamy soaps that come flying onto your car and it's like rainbow colors and uh, lots of water um, at different pressures and pulsating and of course the brushes and like there's lots of things happening. But if you start panicking and you freeze and you just stop and your windows are down, you're going to drown, right? So you don't want to not keep pushing through and keep going forward to get through the end of the car wash. You don't want to just curl up in the bed and be paralyzed in fear. You know, we always talk about fight, flight, or freeze. And also often people are just frozen. And I don't mean by a day or two. I'm talking extended periods of time. Like they can go about their day and go to work and get their shower and eat and do the essentials. But they are still very much frozen and, and can't get through. 
and what keeps us frozen or keeps us in fight or flight running away is the trauma. So um, getting back to that car wash story, it traumatized my mom. There was something about all that stuff happening all at once that just was so overwhelming. It gave her full-blown anxiety and she was just like clutching her steering wheel, trying to get through and stay focused. She still got through it, but it gave her full-blown anxiety. It was far from this calming, beautiful sensor experience. You know, just trying to say that different people have different things. And the important thing is to somehow keep utilizing the tools, even if it's just breath work. That simple breathing in for five, holding for five, and breathing out for five. Even if you just start with that, and I'm now going to go back a month. And so, you know, through this last month, there's been a lot. I've really pushed myself beyond my limits and I'm, I'm pretty tough and I'm pretty hard on myself and push myself every single day. But this month I went further and really felt it. So along with my everyday life and responsibilities and, you know, getting to college school 45 minutes away. Um, I'm constantly working on his programming, right? Because he only has four years left before he transitions into adulthood. There's lots of moving parts with what that's going to look like. I have a lot of plans in the works with um, some other stakeholders in my community. I'm also looking at various programs, not necessarily all in-state. Quite frankly, Colin and I want to be at the beach, whatever beach that is. We want to be at the beach. So whether it's five years from now or 20 years from now, we're manifesting the hell out of getting to a beach. So I'm looking at programs like all over and I'm getting ideas from all over because we may be here for a while, but eventually the end goal is the beach. But just getting through all of the transitioning pieces of school, high school to um adult is very complex. It's nuanced. It's, you know, it, it's just a hard course to navigate. And even with understanding it and having a pretty good grasp on it, because I've been working on it for a while and I have two really wonderful providers helping me navigate, my mind has changed on a couple points that I never thought I would have changed my mind about. So it's just a lot. It's a lot. It, that transition piece in and of itself is like a full-time job. Okay. So still have to do all my responsibilities, still working through current, you know, transitional stuff and the planning of that, working on future stuff. I'm Colin's home therapist. We do not have one. So I do everything, the whole entire home program. Plus, as you can see on my shirt, and from my post, he is a speller. He's in his second year of spelling. And so we do that. And I am his communication partner and work with him on that. And uh, I've been doing some additional training this month. Got my CPR um, certification again and have done a lot of other training, lots of advocacy work mixed in with that all while focusing on planning for my podcast future, because I have a lot of things that I am trying to bring to fruition and bring it to a next level 
I know this content is needed and these discussions are needed. People need the support in our community. And if we don't continue to have these discussions, nothing will ever change. So advocacy is a huge part of this. And, you know, networking and creating and maintaining relationships within the community with stakeholders, with people working in disability programs, as well as the Department of Disabilities, as well as local and federal government. There's a lot of pieces to it. Still have a house to clean, dogs to take care of, <laughs> still have a child going into college who, you know, he, he's an adult, but our college kids still need support. We still have to parent them and be there for them. I cannot check out. So nothing can go to the wayside, nothing. All the things are important. And the last piece of that was I planned a vacation in less than three weeks. Again, might not seem like a big deal for some people. For me, huge deal. There's a lot of moving parts and elements that have to be taken into consideration. Planning, you know, finances, all of the things. So I made it through and we went on vacation last week. And um, I just want to tell you that this is the first time that Colin has flown in, I think, five years. And he did really amazing. We did work this out through spelling. He told me he did want to fly. And he also told me numerous times he wanted to go to Myrtle Beach. So we hashed everything out. We prepared to the best of our ability. And um, oh, he was a freaking rock star, guys. Our flight was, I think, 1.32 o'clock in the afternoon going down to Myrtle Beach. It's only an hour flight from Baltimore. So the airport wasn't that crowded at that time, but he freaking rocked it through checking in, getting our boarding passes, um, checking our luggage, going through security. Again, I keep saying it, but it's like lots of moving parts, right? And it wasn't seamless. I got hung up a few times. There were some delays, but he had his backpack. And he had his iPad and he was so patient and so calm and tolerated all the hiccups and did beautifully. So proud of this kid. And it was just absolutely amazing and truly a blessing because it was, it was life changing. I mean, the fact that he's okay with getting on an airplane and going places. I mean, woo, that, sh <laughs> that changes everything for those in the community. I, you understand that we often feel very isolated. Sometimes it's hard to even just go to the grocery store or any errand, really. A lot of people don't leave the house for a very long time with their kids. It's really hard. It's really, really challenging. The world out there is loud and bright and it is unpredictable and people are judgmental and impatient and Everything is just a complete whirlwind and sensory overload. So if you're home, things tend to go a little bit better. At least you feel like you have a little bit of, I don't know, some sense of control in this environment. I do promise the, the people that are listening in the community that with time and a lot of hard work and perseverance and with age and maturity, it will get better. And if you need help, you just have to keep reaching out and using this community to get help and resources to support you and your kid because you don't want to go deeper in the hole. So 
to say that Colin navigated all that and we pre-boarded and we got on, I don't know, I think we were like the third or fourth on and we were able to um, get in the front row. Colin sat by the window. I sat in the middle and everything was great. There was some level of anxiety when we were going down the runway and it was accelerating, you know, for liftoff. Things get loud. The engines were getting loud and we all know how that feels. And then the ears start popping. And But I held Colin's hand. I talked him through it, told him he was safe. And I honestly just talked to him about physics and he was okay. (laughs) Um, So I was very, very grateful. And then he had his headphones on and listened to Ed Sheeran the entire flight. Again, I'm just so grateful. When we landed in um, Myrtle Beach, same thing. Everything went great. We had to, you know, go get our luggage, go get the car rental. And Colin tolerated all of this. He was so patient and just taking this whole new experience. And it was just awesome. So the whole week was just awesome in Myrtle Beach um, by far. Colin's best vacation ever. I like, I cannot overemphasize that. He really loved it there. We really loved it there. Water was so warm and it, and it's still the ocean. I personally would live and sleep in the Gulf of Mexico if I could, but the ocean was like, oh my gosh, it must have been like 85 degrees. It was just amazing, you know, between the ocean and the pool and the hot tub. And we ventured out. And went to a place called uh, Broadway on the Beach. For any of you guys who have gone to Myrtle Beach, it's definitely changed over the last 20 years. It's very family-oriented. There's a whole wing that has amusement park, and there's a restaurant wing, and like a bar nightclub scene, and lots of shops. Just really cool. But also in the middle, they have like entertainment where a bunch of kids get together, and there's a woman or a man like leading a song. They're like singing, and everyone's doing, you know, the dance. I think they actually did the Macarena for those who remember from the 90s. It was just cool. Everything was entertaining and fun and lovely. So, Surfside Beach is uh, certified autism friendly, but we stayed in North Myrtle Beach and it was amazing very autism friendly, as was Broadway on the beach, like everywhere we went was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, so it it was just, it was just a lot of fun. What's just so amazing for me is all the hurdles that Colin may have had in the past and that weren't even on his radar this time around. Um, He was very independent and had a full autonomy It's just an amazing thing to see when your kid has struggled for so long. I definitely see us going back and staying maybe in another location or Surfside if I can get it together to plan in advance because it seems Surfside books up pretty quickly because it's certified autism. In any case, so anyway, it was it was great vacation and so much to be, you know, celebrated for that accomplishment. Um, we even stayed, let me see, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I I forgot, sorry, five nights, six days. So that, that was long because like in the past, when we would do vacations, we would usually do like three nights, maybe four nights. Um, and he was just like ready to come back home, but I think he could have stayed longer. He was just having a blast. And there was just like music everywhere. Everybody was just super happy. Nothing was very crowded. And 
we were just outside like most of the time. And these are just all the things that Colin loves. He loves people. He loves the water. um, He loves music and just experiencing life and learning. And he loves what you and I love. I'm just really grateful. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful. So we um, did have a little bit of a hiccup. It was more than a hiccup, but um, on the flight back. So what happened with that was we dropped off the rental car. We went through um, checking in, went through security, did all the things, and even grabbed him Chick-fil-A before we boarded. So Colin was in a pretty, you know, calm, happy place getting ready to board the plane. We had to wait, I would say, just like a few minutes, like maybe three or four minutes while um, a couple people went ahead of us. Um, Sometimes there's just a lot of people in pre-boarding. I mean, you certainly can't predict how many people with disabilities are going to be on your airplane and need to board first. You know, there's definitely certain airlines you can get on to choose your seat. And, but we were with Southwest and that's not how it works with Southwest. So in any case, we board the plane and Colin sees immediately that both of the front rows are occupied. His anxiety skyrockets. And um, a lot was happening really quick. And basically I was trying to console Colin, talk him through the situation while having two Southwest customer service people, you know, in our space talking to to, like at me, not even with me, they were talking at me and then having like two or three other uh, flight attendants, like just around us. It was just a lot in a little amount of space. Luckily, the one flight attendant was like, what would help? Would the front row help? And I said, yes. So for the, the three people, I it was I, I thinking mom, dad, and an older teenage son, possibly, who were kind enough to get up and move back. I'm very grateful. I didn't get a chance to thank them because I was trying to help Colin, but I'm incredibly grateful. The other people basically were pretending that nothing was happening and they were hunkered down. They weren't moving for whatever reason. I don't expect everybody to understand this, but I think awareness is a big thing. And especially where you're, when you're in a situation like traveling, you, you kind of have to be aware of your surroundings and when people are struggling and just be aware, just be kind. 